If you're an impact investor and believe in the power of patient capital to change lives, build communities, and create a more inclusive economy, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to the best podcast, short for Black Entrepreneurs Survive and Thrive, where we share the impact of patient capital when combined with the grit, resilience, and determination of Black entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, founder and CEO of Ironbound Boxing and Ironbound Media, both based in Newark, New Jersey, where I have a passion for all things social impact, economic development, and community empowerment. On this episode of The Best Podcast, I'm joined by Dr. Pedro Santana, founder and CEO of Deal With It Management, a full-service management and consulting firm dedicated to providing top-quality solutions and services to government clients, businesses, K-12, and higher education leaders. Prior to founding Deal With It Management, Dr. Santana served in higher education at Stockton University for nearly two decades before eventually getting the courage to pursue his own entrepreneurial aspirations. On the show, he opens up about his transition from higher education into entrepreneurship, the difficulties of launching his company in the midst of a global pandemic, and how he leveraged his savings and retirement funds to launch his company. Before you hear from Dr. Santana and I, make sure you subscribe to the Best Podcast newsletter at the link in the show notes. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever listening service you're using today. We'd greatly appreciate it if you left us a review and shared this podcast with someone in your network who you feel can benefit from hearing these inspiring and uplifting stories. We appreciate you for tuning in with us today and hope you enjoy the following episode. Dr. Santana, welcome to the best podcast. How's it going today, sir? Oh, I'm excited to be here today. It's a beautiful day. The sun came out, the birds are chirping, and uh, any day above ground is a wonderful day. So thank you again. Yeah, absolutely. And especially for us as entrepreneurs, you know, I like to write every morning that I'm thankful for an opportunity to, you know, bring our visions to life, you know, get a little bit better each and every day. Amen. Yeah, Dr. Santanic, how about you do me a favor and go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners? Okay. Uh, Dr. Pedro Santana here from uh, Deal With It Management. I'm the president and CEO, and we're an education and management consulting firm based out of South Jersey. Uh, we've been in, in existence since February 2020 uh, as the pandemic uh, first started, and uh, we're really excited to be here on the show today. So you launched your firm in the at the beginning of the pandemic? Yes, uh, launched the firm and then, well, registered the firm. And then uh, the official launch date, per se, that I made it known to the world was uh, August 8th of 2020. Wow. Well, congratulations for that. And, uh, you know, anytime stuff like this happens, right, it's a challenge, but there's also a lot of opportunity into it. And it sounds like you really leaned into the opportunity. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So when you look at the last 18 months of this pandemic and uh, all the challenges that it's brought about within the small business community, mm -hmm. and you think of the word resilience, what does resilience mean to you? Resilience means to me um, never giving up, never relenting, knowing that, no, there is a reason. Um, and... Um, no, there's a reason why you're walking through you know, the valley or uh, the fire. Um, there's a reason. And the key thing is to keep walking. Now, you don't go to hell and pitch a, you know, uh, get, get a picnic table and sit down and have lunch. 
you keep on blazing through that place and keep on walking. Um, and no, that's the same thing. You no, know, um, uh, for many entrepreneurs. So, it, uh, in the sense of you no know, um, bringing something into existence, willing something into existence. But it was a unique situation where the whole world was at you no know, pause. The whole world was still. Um, so it was a little bit different. It was like you're still, um, and you're being forced to be still. And at the same time, you're going through you know, this 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 period of uh, resilience you know, because you're being tested, you know, by that patience and being still. So take us back. You know, um, obviously, you started your company really in the midst of the pandemic. So how were you able to survive over the last eighteen months? Well, how I was able to survive. You no, know, fortunately, I've been blessed as a as a as a person. Uh, you know, I've I've um, had a you know a wonderful career in academia, so you know I had reserves that you no know, most people would not have had you no know, reserves, um, and then also um, you know the spirit you no know, you no know, uh, you there's people out there that will you know their their spirits are broken easily you know or they'll get knocked down and they may never get back up you know the good thing for me or the great thing for me was uh, resilience was um, embedded in me from you no know, as a youngster you know my mother taught me the importance of faith and while i saw you know uh, uh, drugs and uh you know shootings all around me and um uh you know the, the neighborhood was up in flames pretty much uh, washington heights uh, border in harlem in the 90s um uh, that kept me you no know, that kept me uh because i knew that there was a there's a purpose it might not be revealed at that time, but there's a purpose. You know, and the purpose for me to go into academia was to pay forward you know, the really the gift that was given to me, transform my life. Inner city kid, my parents, uh, my mother had a third grade education. My father graduated high school. They didn't know what higher education was, but they, they knew that they wanted that opportunity for me. So off I went, you know, being a good kid. And while my, many of my peers did other things uh, that Took them other paths. Don't know why, you no. Know, but I was chosen, and I went. Um, and um, no, yes, like any inner city kid going away, I went to 400 miles away to college. No, did I want to quit because I felt nostalgic? Nobody there looked like me. You know, 26,000 students, and probably one to two percent, maybe three percent, the most were people of color. You know, which is where what I had around me the whole time I was growing up. So uh, you know that 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 in in itself um, began to uh, teach me you know uh, what resilience was and what I needed you know going into this pandemic. The good thing is that discipline also teaches you to uh, prepare you know prepare for storms. You know you we see the animals doing that. You know the the squirrels they put the, the 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 acorns away and so forth for those storms so that they could weather them. Um, the same thing here. No, I had the good fortune of having some discipline, some education. And no, as I moved in, I was like, well, I need to go into this and uh, take it as a period of uh, rebirth, you know, and uh, learn more um, differently and uh, no, put everything to good use you know, for um, what I was doing within uh, institutions 
essentially what it, what creating my company did for me was being able to provide that to many different types of organizations and institutions. So really, it's it's been a, a dream and a, and a journey all you know all wrapped into one. <laughs> what are some of the challenges you faced over the last eighteen months? Um, so let's see, challenges were you know just um, going from. Uh, really having structures, you know, like within academia, you know, I had, you know, probably at one point in time, 85, 90 uh, staff uh, plus 200 and something students that worked with me, never for me, with me to accomplish specific goals and objectives, you no, know, you no, know, to better humanity and the different constituents and communities around the, our campuses. Now, as an individual, you know, marketing, falls on you, web falls on you, budget falls on you, um, uh, uh, a writing copy falls on you, proposal writing falls on you, uh, presenting, pitching, uh, infrastructure uh, decisions uh, on you know, how to use technology effectively to help scale the business uh, or really try to make wise investments. And you know, yes, sometimes you're, you're like, okay, I'm gonna throw money at it to see if it'll go away. You know, but um, uh, we never knew when we would start getting out of the pandemic. So, you know, it was always a, a good thing for me to just make sure, well, maybe now is not the time. So that, you know, that, that kind of discipline, but also just, you know, continuing to look, continuing to pound the pavement, whether it be reaching out to people on LinkedIn, uh, you know, colleagues across the country uh, that were facing uh, situations. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Facebook and still trying to figure out how to uh, negotiate and to network uh, with individuals because yes the the, uh, the the bulk of the world was at a standstill but there were still people out there that were wanted to do you know so you know um, and I was able to you know pivot and do some of those things I guess one of the things I'm thinking about too is um probably had to be pretty nervous though that's kind of like your first time stepping out on your own. There's a global pandemic going on. A lot of the assumptions that you had initially about your business model, you probably had to change. Can you talk through talk about some of that to us? Um, so yes, you know the uh, in terms of pivots, right? Uh, when first started out, I'm like, okay, this is a good thing. This is a good thing. But the reality started to unravel as we got into you know the summer months and. Uh, budgets were uh, tightened. You no know, individuals were, um, uh, you know, downsized from many different organizations, and and that was for the government, that was for small businesses, that was for uh, higher ed, K through twelve. So looking at all those you no know, scenarios, I'm like, okay, um, need to figure out what other things can we do, and you know, basically just went on and you know started. Um, uh, amassing some technology and um, uh, also um, writing proposals, you know, for you know, different uh, types of work, you know, that weren't initially part of the initial intention um, and uh, of the business, um, expanding into new business and nonprofit formation, um, which wasn't initially a part of that um, uh, the initial plan, no, it, more of a consultancy kind of plan was was part of that. Yes, um, so doing a little bit of everything and just you know knowing that 
in the end, everything will work out. And if it's if it hasn't worked out yet, it's not the end yet. So you gotta ha- still keep on moving. <laughs> yeah. So you're you're here with us. You're smiling. You're happy. Yeah. You're healthy. You know, we were, we were excited to get on today. So clearly, a lot of the decisions you made um, worked out. Maybe not yeah. all of them, but you're doing some things right. Yeah. And then the other thing is that we had you no know, uh, individuals that you know um, wrote legislation um, and. Uh, had you no know, um, you no know, the New Jersey Economic Development Authority you know provided grants and a lot of different organizations were um, investing heavily in trying to uh, develop the you know the next breed of innovation uh, within the state within the country uh, encouraging entrepreneurship because you no know, um, you know, the whole world be- uh, came to a standstill you no know, but you no know, to the backdrop of the economic standstill and just people being still in their homes. We also you know for the first time um, saw you know firsthand uh, again something that has replayed itself in the media several times and you know, countless times plays out in the communities where you know we had the George Floyd um, uh, tragic uh, you no know, uh, a death and you no know, that was replayed for the whole world to see and. Now, it caused the question you know, of, about you know, our humanity, you know, how much we truly value each other. Um, and uh, you know, that's uh, sparked other conversations that I hope at least that will help um, us continue to be more thoughtful when our, with our policy decisions uh, to create hope because uh, you know, the, the, the cities were burning because of uh, really people have lost hope in uh, many of the things uh, or the the words that many individuals or uh, politicians or many others uh, have promised. You know, so those are some of the, you know, the, really the things that I saw during this whole pandemic. What are you doing to position your company for long-term sustainable uh, growth? And what does that future look like to you? So what am I doing? Um, I am... No, looking to you no know, partner with many different uh, organizations. Uh, I've been always a very um, community-focused uh, individual, always giving really of my time, uh, uh, talent, and treasure for the benefit of the community because I was blessed. So, in terms of nonprofits, uh, I've, I've been uh, there, um, looking to you know partner with uh, organizations. Uh, uh, to really you know stimulate the economy um, I've pitched uh, several um, ideas for economic revitalization you know, for specific areas uh, within the state as well um, and just you know working on um, investments in technology um, in green energy and uh, also looking at ocean wind uh, possibilities as well because you know the the economy continues to shift and those that are able to shift with it and to get ahead of it will be the ones that will prosper. Um, and you know, what I'm hopeful for is that as the economies continue to shift, that there are more diligent efforts to engage black and brown communities that have long uh, been second, third, or fourth place uh, in, in, in those changes and, and those opportunities being accessible to them. Um, and um, 
now we can see it. You know, the pandemic showed it. Uh, you know, the we've always had you no know, the, you know, the highest mortality rates. You no, know, uh, you know, for for the uh, the infants and you know the the healthcare systems and the amount of individuals that really um, passed away due to the uh, the COVID nineteen. You know, there was a higher percentage you know, from black and brown communities than other communities. Why is that? You know, is it economics? Well, entrepreneurship uh, frees you from the rat race or the grid. It allows you to create your own destiny, to, to manifest it, to will it into existence. Now, the difference between the entrepreneur and the, the employee is that the employee works within the framework that was dreamt up by somebody else. And they continue to build it and they build it well from within because it's already, you know, has a shell. The entrepreneur has to say, well, I see that, I see this, I see this. None of this is working in those uh, systems. I think I could do it better. And this is what I need, and this is how I'm gonna do it. And then you you, you go through and you uh, study, study, study. You know, you do the uh, market analysis, you do, you do the uh, you know, the competitor, uh, uh, you know, strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats at really the basic levels. Uh, and then you go forward and dream your, your, your dream, uh, into existence, uh, you, you will it into existence. And the key thing for any successful entrepreneur is that many entrepreneurs just want to give up right before they can actually, if they if they kept going just a little bit more, they would have turned the corner and they would have seen, you know, that they were there. <laughs> they were they were they were there, but they gave up not too soon. So. Now, those are the things that I would say, just, you know, stay encouraged to anybody that's trying to, you know, do this entrepreneurial thing. You know, stay encouraged, keep going, you know, because um, things reveal themselves to you at different points. If you meet with some people, you now you start learning how to connect the dots and saying, well, I think we could work on the proposal together. You know? So, like, I have a number of independent consultants that work with me. They're all listed on the dealwithitmanagement.com website. And other consultants that you no, know, I bring in, you know, uh, as needed, you no, know, and we do, you no, know, uh, uh, write proposals for, you no, know, jobs, uh, RFPs, requests for proposals, and so forth. So, you no, know, this is the kind of business that, that I'm in, uh, and really just, you no, know, telling the story about human resilience, you know, because, um, you know, there's been many times I know that you probably have wanted to give up, and, you know, I have also, you no, know, but guess what? I'm still here. I'm still kicking. It's Friday and it's a wonderful day. <laughs> it's Friday. Friday we're podcasting because we love what we do. Let me ask you this. When you were getting ready to launch your business, mm -hmm. what kind of funding options were you looking at? Because one of the reasons we're doing this podcast series is, you know, a lot of our listeners are uh, lenders, mm -hmm. uh, they're impact investors. And, you know, I would like them to understand, you know, the realities of what it takes when you're a, a black or brown entrepreneur stepping out for the first time and uh, what funding opportunities you have available. Okay, so funding opportunities that I had available. Or even just how you were thinking about how to fund your business. Um, well, initially I was just thinking about funding my business from my uh, my savings. Um, and uh, uh, that's how pretty much some of the stuff started out from my savings. And um, then you know, the, the good fortune that there were uh, some grants made available. Uh, I also looked at some loans as well, um, but I wasn't ready yet for the loan piece because of the fact that I needed to make sure that I had a, a model that was um, uh, uh, scalable 
and that I would actually be able to leverage you know, team members' uh, intellect because you know, the team members that you bring in are the ones that are able to free you up to actually start dreaming even more, um, but they deal with the details. So you know, um, I would say that at this point, really more so than any, any other time, uh, I would be more ready for any type of injection of capital in, in that fashion because of the fact that I've already been around the block I've secured you know, certain assets, uh, whether they be uh, technological or personnel that are on tap for the company. Um, but um, no, as with anything, you know, I, I was I was in a blessed position, you know, in that, you know, I, I had some some retirement you no know, funds. Uh, however, I tried not to touch them. I used my savings, you know. So um, that's basically it. You know, you. You do you you cut corners uh, or you trim your your budget and you just do it and keep moving. And early on, up. early on, how crucial were those grants you got though? Oh, the very 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 no because no the the the, the reality is that for many individuals uh, no um, no when you're talking about you're you're walking through the desert and you're looking for an oasis of some sort so you could just have a drink of water. No, they they came in handy because you no, know, they took the pressure off of you know because, in essence, a business is like uh, uh, another child, so to speak, you no, know, or um, another you, and it could essentially drain you of all the, of of all of your resources as you're trying to birth something that really is supposed to. Yes, it's going to help you uh, from an economic standpoint, but it it's going to help others. It's an entity. You know, uh, one of the things that I learned uh, in my journey in education is a business is an organization. And when we break down the word organization, it comes from organ. You know, and organ is uh, derived from, you know, yes, an organ in your body, but the term organism, when we look at it. So that means that it's a living, breathing, entity we've given it life if we give it resources and we care for it it'll flourish and grow and during that period you know those grants and those other things came in handy because it allowed for you know it to get some resources and to grow and just to remain alive um, and that's vital to all all you know all living creatures whether it be uh, beings like yourself and I, or something that we birth, like a business, an organization. You know, it is a living, breathing entity. It is, it is a living entity, not breathing. But yeah. <laughs> With that said, and understand the reality that, you know, the reality and the challenges that black entrepreneurs face, black and brown entrepreneurs face, and the fact that we have, you know, impact investors, lenders on this platform, what advice would you like to give to them with regards to making this kind of capital available? Mm. What advice would I like to give to them? Hmm. I would like to you know, give to them the advice, know that all it takes is a seed to change everything. No, um, that seed, that investment 
could you know feed generations um, in a um, in terms of, of food, but also um, in terms of um, from an economic standpoint, it can feed gener generations. Now, there has been no other time in um, history where we've been at these uh, crossroads where we can actually um, accelerate the rate of our um, economic integration. Um, when we look at the um, population shifts in the country, we see that in the K through 12 system, the majority of the individuals coming through in terms of growth are coming from black, brown, and Asian communities here in our country. If we do not start having conversations and policy conversations about like, uh, investments in you know, uh, businesses like, like ours um, and having that lead the next generation of uh, economic opportunity for our country, we're gonna to continue to see a disengagement of um, black and brown uh, communities you know, from that um, uh, economy of the future. You know, and right now we have that opportunity because that's, that's who's coming out. That's who's coming out. So in essence, if we fail to engage the black and brown communities at this critical juncture, our, I'm not sure how um, sustainable you know, the, the American economy is going to be in years to come because we have totally left out you know, uh, uh, populations of individuals from uh, the hope, dreams, and opportunity that the American dream has projected to the world from actually living it from within. You know? So it's like, okay, you're here. You know, th this is the American dream. And you, know, you are in a, in a, in a neighborhood where um, the, the, the roads are unpaved. And um, you know, there's a, a, a question about you know, your safety, you know? you know, safety, security, um, and you know, healthcare are important things for people to be able to achieve the higher level uh, goals. You know? So when we look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, okay, the basics are food, water, and shelter, and safety. Okay, and that's where people have been living know in the black and brown communities for the longest period of time and they've settled for that because that's all they've had you know there's double digit unemployment uh rates in many of the major of the uh, of the cities across the country which are heavily you know black and brown you know and uh you know th those are some other considerations uh that you know continue to take away you know and uh, the disenfranchisement of black and brown individuals within the justice system as well Know, where you know, for different uh, offenses, uh, individuals may get up, up to double the amount of time in the, in, the, in the criminal justice system. And that's nothing new. That was there back in the 90s when I actually did a paper uh, in my psychology course as an undergrad in psychology and the law. And the statistics were there <laughs> back then, and they're still there now. You know, uh, you know, the differences in the, in the sentencing. So we need to be able to have the courage to invest in the future and to make sure that it's bright and that we pick uh, you know, uh, organizations and institutions and businesses with, with, with um, that compelling vision to make the future better 
and the and the and to will it into existence, you know, through collaboration. And you know, the the key thing is um, for the businesses or organizations that are looking to fund the future. What is it that you? Want? What kind of future do you want for this country, or for the world? Now, where by the year 2050, um, some report that I read you know, said that one in four one in four people will be from the continent of Africa. Now, let's think about that. Now, um, let's think about humanity present day. Now, 1.4 billion people are from China. In the United States, 300 million. Now. One, one, one billion, 1.3 billion or so from India. So that means like one six or one, well, sorry, one eighth of, of humanity is uh, one eighth, one seventh, it depends, uh, is seven billion or eight billion almost uh, people that live on the, on the planet are, of humanity is in a specific geographical area of the world. Now in China, you know, their economy has grown by leaps and bounds and they're getting ready to go into another golden age um and in, in, in essence because of their economy you know and history repeats itself you now they have the uh, the longest continuous history of any civilization in, in the world you know uh because of that great war you know um so as we look at the future you know the future is going to be you know is going to come from those kids in those K through 12 system, uh, K, in the K through 12 system, that are heavily black, brown, and Asian, um, and we have an opportunity. You know that, in 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 a, in a way, was was told to us from the very beginning. You know when Christ, Christopher Columbus first discovered America, or landed on Hispaniola. Um, he wasn't the one that the Americas was named after because he thought he was somewhere else. Americo Vespucci, you know, discovered that Columbus was wrong. This is a whole nother part of the world. And that's why the Americas was called the Americas. Now, if we were able to actually take this um, project of us, of, of ours, the America, you know, that we believed in this melting pot, and then just take another, Instead of looking at it from a 3,000 foot view, look at it from a 6,000 or 10,000 foot view and look at the fact that this unique melting pot isn't only in this 300 million people uh, geographic area. This unique melting pot encompasses North and South America, Central America and the Caribbean because we are the fusion of the, the, the African, the European and the First Nation. Now, the first nation here in the United States, now the first nation in the, the Caribbean with the Tainos, the Arawaks, the Sibone, the Caribs. In Central America, you had the Aztecs, the, uh, the Mayans. In, in um, uh, South America, you had the, uh, the Incas, the Chichas, the Pijaos. You had the um, uh, Yanomamo in Brazil uh, and, and countless other you know, tribal groups that you know, fused with you know, uh, the African and uh, the, the European. And in terms of when we look at Latinos and Hispanics, you know, that, this is just the second uh, fusing of, of the, the bloodlines that we know of, because you know, there's a lot of history that's probably lost you know, from existence. You know?
But the first you no know, uh, mixing of the bloodlines the, with the European was um, when the Moors conquered uh, Spain and they ruled Spain for 700 plus years. Lots of the culture, customs, traditions, language, the Spanish language was heavily influenced by the, by the Moors and Arabic. The seasonings in the, in the Hispanic you know, uh, culture were heavily influenced you know, by that. So when we look at the world, you know, the world is us. You know, and you know, for us to you know, say that we're not a part of this or we're not that, Open your minds and open your eyes. Love it. Dr. Santana, where can people follow you at? How can they get a hold of you? Well, uh, they can get a hold of me through the, the, the company website, dealwithitmanagement.com. Um, I am on LinkedIn, LinkedIn uh, Dr. Pedro San, uh, J. Santana. Um, and um, let's see. Uh, we're also, um, we have a, a Facebook, uh, Deal With It Management. Um, and they can look us up on uh uh, Instagram and um, yeah, no, a few other things. So, and no, for, for me, uh, Pedro Santana 2002 uh, on Facebook, or no, and the company is also just you no know, deal with it management. So, um, yeah, no, so I appreciate you know, the opportunity today. Yeah, we'll be sure to include a link to your website and uh, some of your contact info in the show notes. And so uh, it's a pleasure having you here today, and we really appreciate you uh, sharing your story for our listeners here on The Best Podcast. For all our listeners, do us a favor and subscribe to The Best Podcast at our newsletter for the series at the links in the show notes on Substack. You can also listen on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever listening service you're using today. We'd greatly appreciate it if you left us a review and shared this podcast with someone in your network who can benefit from hearing these inspiring and uplifting so stories. To learn more about the Center for Urban Entrepreneurship and Economic Development, visit www.business.ruckers.edu slash Q. That's C-U-E-E-D. And I'll also include that in the show notes. Until next time, peace, love, and have a great rest of your week.